It's time now for the weekly wrap, and wrapping the week with me is Graham Kerner from Kerner Perspective in Johannesburg. Graham, it's all got to be about inflation, the retail environment, retail sector trading updates from the JSC Securities Exchange, because that has been the only story for the last week, and it has been brutal. Yeah, Lindsay. I mean, we spoke a week or so ago about, you know, true words, Mr. Price, um, uh, sorry, uh, Fushini Group, Mr. Price and, and Woolies in some detail after their trading updates. And apart from Fushini, the rest of them look bloody awful. ShopRite also doesn't look very, very good. But um, I think the, the reality is disposable income is massively under pressure. Households um, are now seeing a little bit of a reprieve in terms of uh, maybe inflation moderating a little bit and things like uh, petrol prices coming down. But uh, it's been it's been a brutal few years. You know, dis- disposable income um, under pressure, courtesy of of anemic increases for many households, very, very poor uh, economic environment. And uh, and prices, especially administered prices, have been going up. So that cocktail really is, is awful. But I think the point is, the, as we were talking about a while ago, you get businesses that navigate better than others, um, and you get some who, as we've said many times, have got self-inflicted injuries, courtesy of, you know, buying things that they either didn't understand or um, uh, didn't really uh, fit their business models and paid often too much. And they're now trying to repair that. And we obviously think about people like Great and uh, and Woolworths around that. But, yeah, for us, the reality of it is that we look at a company like ShopRite and we say, well, they've been battling with with virtually no inflation. So, obviously, for food retailers, inflation is a positive thing. But lots of currency translation things, disruptions at the DCs. I think some of their suppliers also battling to get product to them. None of that looked very good. You know, Angola, of course, also uh, in a very difficult space. But when we look forward, we think, okay, well, not a lot needs to happen for uh, food inflation to start accelerating again. And um, you could very well find ShopRite looking a whole lot better six months or a year from now. Are you saying that there's no in-store inflation and therefore there can't be any price increases, which is obviously the enemy of a group like ShopRite or any other retailer for that matter? Yeah, so I think what I'm saying is, uh, you know, in many cases you, you've seen virtually no inf- inflation. And and the reality is that, that um, you know, if your cost base is going up by 5 or 6% and uh, you know, let's take the food inflation basket is is, is not moving at all. It's very difficult for those those companies to actually, you know, grow their profits in any any sort of meaningful way. So yeah, what I'm saying is for a company like ShopRite, if you saw, you know, food prices, for example, uh, you know, edging up and food inflation edging back up to say five, six, seven percent, it would have a very profound effect. And of course, there's some currency translation things as well. But, um, yeah, when I look at a company like ShopRite, which has lost a lot of value over the last year or two, suddenly we're saying we, we actually quite like this. We think we're measuring at a very low point. We think it's a, a, a still a very good business. It's well-placed. I mean, Africa, we believe in the, the Africa growth story. And, um, you know, there have been a couple of technical things that have maybe hurt them. And although the multiples are still high, you know, not a, lead, not a lot needs to go right for them suddenly to give you 10 or 12% or even more earnings growth if you look over the next couple of years. So, ironically, we're saying that we think there are actually opportunities inside of, uh, inside of this chaos. And the same is true, you know, if you look a few weeks ago, you could get the banks probably 10 or 12, maybe even more percent lower than they are currently. So, yeah, ironically, these very difficult markets and the low confidence levels and the lack of 
of visibility on political outlook and things like that, we, we're actually seeing as, a, as, as an opportunity rather than a massive threat. Well, this is what I want to know. There's two sides to this argument. Let's have a look at economic data first of all, never mind the trading mm-hmm. updates. Uh, economic data came out this week in the form of consumer price inflation, which fell quite sharply down from, I think, 5.3% to 4.5% in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are going to say, well, that's really, really good. That means that interest rates, yeah. if anything, are at worst going to hold steady, but probably the next cut, sorry, the next move might be a cut in interest rates. It also tells you something about the stability, the relative recent stability of the South African rand, and everything is set fair. Should be good for domestic stocks, I think. That's the optimistic side. The pessimistic side is the reason that inflation is down there is there's absolutely no demand as evidenced by the trading updates from retailers. Which side of the fence do you stand on? So I think the first thing is that that for for the food retailers, for example, that that very much is a is a cost issue. You know, so depending on what uh, you know what what maize prices are doing or what you know poultry prices are doing, that affects them in a very direct way. I think for for other companies, companies like Clicks and uh, maybe Woolies to a degree and Fushini, I think there it's more function of of what's happening in the economy and whether people have actually got money and they're able to just sort of push premium prices through, but. Um, I think on balance of arguments, I would say that the the argument that inflation has has, has been uh, benign and, and 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 that that rates you know will be cut and that will help the, the retailers. I don't really believe that. I think you need you need more broad based economic revival. I think you need things like business confidence, consumer confidence to to be restored. And yeah, I think the food inflation story, for example, will, will help the likes of Pick and Pay and ShopRite and Spa, but it's not really going to help, I don't think, the rest of the, 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 the retail industry. So I think in, in large part, the inflation rate, and I've been arguing this for a very long time, our inflation rate is more a function of cost push. It's not as though, you know, uh, demand has, has, has collapsed and that's why, why inflation is moderated. I would argue it's probably more a function of the fact that the RAND is regain some of its composure, that the, the oil prices has gone from over $70 to $60, let's say. I think those are the, 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 the big driving forces around inflation. But I think the point for us when we look at the retail sector is, you know, you can, you can take companies as we did, did last week where you say, well, Mr. Price and Fushini and Woolies operate in very similar markets. You you really be, want to be in the businesses that you feel have have got the best ability to navigate that difficult environment. So if you don't have a lot of inflation, if uh, you know if if uh, there are issues around credit extension and possible impairments, you want the guys that are that are doing the very best they can with the with the cards that they've been dealt. So it comes back to what we always say: it's a stock picker's market. You don't want to get all excited about retail on the back of, you know, moderating inflation or or lower interest rates or some economic revival. You still want to be in the best of the bunch. And I think you also want to be very, very aware of the price you pay. And I think when I look at a company like Clix as an example, you know, who came out with uh, decent, decent guidance a couple of days ago, price is not moving. And I think the reason for that is people are saying, well, you know, even if you're giving us uh, low single digits uh, revenue growth, you're not going to move the earnings needle much. And if you're on a 30 multiple, then uh, yeah, it becomes very, very difficult. So I think our view is 
obviously retail is kind of a window on the soul of, of the South African economy. But there are other other companies that are similar. If you think about companies like Midwest, for example, yes. which are also in their own right giants and, and, and are very much beneficiaries and get hurt by, by general economic activity. I've had two conflicting views, or not conflicting views, but two differing views from two different managers in the last week or so. The first is a long-only equity manager, traditional manager, and he's been quite vociferous on Twitter by saying every time there's a trading update and the share price of, of the company concerned falls 5, 6, 7, 12%, whatever it is, you've got to be buying these things now. They're presenting such good value. And another one was a hedge fund manager who said, and I said, well, what prospects have you got for 2019 being as good as your performance in 2018? He said, if I'm looking at things now, I'm looking at the retail sector. I just got the feeling that he thought there's more to come on the downside. Now, that is a very nimble sort of manager. Manager, not a long-term investor. But again, yeah. are, there, are there merits for both arguments? There's, there's merit in both arguments. I think, I think what the hedge manager is looking at is, is sort of trying to eke out the performance and say, well, you know, even if, even if we are close to, you know, the, the darkest time of, of the night and the dawn will rise in, in six months or a year, I think what the, the hedge manager is probably saying is, well, you know what, if, if these shares are still trading on, on, on excessive valuations, you're still not going to generate any sort of performance, okay? Whereas the long guy might be saying, well, you know what, we've been in the, the doldrums from an economic point of view and, and the markets haven't performed and these share prices that are back where they were, you know, three or five years ago must be great opportunities. There's, there's some argument in there, but I tend to agree more with the hedge view and that is, that you have to be very, very mindful of the price you pay. And this, this rationale, of, and I tend to agree, I think Wayne McCurry was talking, I think, a, a week or so ago on, on, on Wayne on Wednesdays about the fact that he's more positive about uh, SA in 2019. I agree with that view. But that doesn't mean you just blindly go out and buy the top 40 and buy every retailer because you think there's going to be an economic miracle. Mm. You can't be buying things on 20 and 25 and 30 multiples because, frankly, the earnings growth is not going to be there to sustain them. So I think there's argument, both both arguments have merit, but I tend to agree more with the hedge guys who sort of take more of a, uh, let's call it a mercenary view on the markets and, 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 and critically ask themselves what is the, you know, what is... Um, a 10 or a 12% earnings growth story likely to, to do from a performance, share price performance point of view. What else are we looking at at the moment? I noticed that Naspers finally got a couple of games via Tencent to be approved by the Chinese authorities. A lot of backlog there, and that uh, gave the, the share a little bit of a goose up, not, not too much. Um, the banks, I noticed mm. again mentioning Wayne McCurry on his Twitter feed, he said the bank's doing very nicely this morning. Are you seeing anything else apart from that retail story, which I think we have to leave now? Mm. So I think if you look at Anglo's trading update on balance of arguments, borrowing ministerio, that looked good. Um, if um, if I look at something like Sassel, you know, the share price has fallen quite hard. It looks and feels to me as though the oil price is starting to find some support. We're seeing some value in, in say, a Sassel. Um, a company like Discovery, which is one we love, you know, the pre ship hasn't done much. In fact, on a one-year view, it's down. I think, you know, there I, I would feel a little bit more optimistic. I think the banks have had a nice rally in the last while, so I wouldn't be buying them right now. But in the small mid-cap space, we're also seeing a value build-up. If you just look at a company like uh, City Lodge, for example, where it was trading before, and if you do believe we're going to get a, a, an improvement in, in South African economy, say, in the second half of this year, you know, that kind of business could benefit. So I think... 
Yeah, we don't actually play, in spite of the fact you and I have spoken a lot about retail over the last two weeks. We, we, we've nibbled at a few shop rights in the last while, but generally we're very underweight uh, and have very, almost no retail exposure. We have far more in the big banks and, you know, even things like Sassel and Raynette and, and City Lodge. Um, but for us, it's, it's very much going to be a stock pickers market because there are still some quite big dislocations between value and price. And you were talking about NASPAS, you know, I think one thing that is clear for us about NASPAS, and this was why we started adding them probably about a year ago, is that we could see not only the value underpin, but a clear strategy from management to unlock that that, that excessive discount. So, yeah, I think we, we're actually feeling far more optimistic about the possibility of generating returns in 2019 than we, than we were in 2018, where we expected a flat year. And I think that's pretty much uh, what we got, um, if you look at the broader market. Yeah, so I think, I think banks still offer value, but uh, my sense is that markets are going to be very choppy. You just look at the noise that's coming, you know, from, from global markets in terms of trade wars and Brexit and, you know, the US shutdown and things like that. So I don't think you want to assume that, you know, Standard Bank's going to hold 178 or 180 rand. Uh, through all cycles. So my sense is you're going to get more buying opportunities over the next three months. But I do think you want to be deploying that money into into this weakness. I don't think you want to be sort of still targeting having a lot of cash in the third quarter of this year. You sent me an email a couple of days ago, and for the life of me, I can't find it, but you were talking about being underweight. Was that specific to the sectors or one of the sectors we've been talking about, i.e. retail? Or was that specific to current perspective across the board? You're underweight equities at the moment. We're underweight equities, but we would probably be at weight our targets in quite a few shares now, like, a, you know, a Sassel or the big banks, for example. But, uh, you know, we haven't bought resources for a very long time because although commodity prices are looking good and the likes of Anglers and Billitons are giving us good production updates, we are a little bit weary of, of a trade war and the impact of that. So what we're saying is uh, when we see value, we're not, uh, we're not shy or scared to, to take our positions, but it's on a, on a stock-by-stock basis. And because we don't see value in aggregate, for example, in the retail space, um, we're underweight on mass in, in equities, and we've got virtually no property exposure at the moment and have just recently started adding a little bit of bond exposure. So... Yeah, we've been very overweight cash. Um, and, for example, we launched a fund a little while ago, and, and, and that fund is now only probably 40% to targeted weight in, in equities with some of the underlying positions almost at weight. So I think, um, you know, ironically, it comes back to the argument about are we going to have a good year or a bad year? And we say, well, we don't know. But what we do know is that when we see value uh, and we conclude that South Africa will be stronger economically in a year's time, we want to take advantage of, of, of the weakness and the opportunities we get rather than playing some sort of theoretical exercise about asset allocation. Graham Kerner, thank you very much for your insight. That was the weekly wrap. And Graham Kerner is from Kerner Perspective in Johannesburg.